Hi, I'm Keely Duncan, and you are listening to the Strong and Beautiful Women podcast, where strong and beautiful women share their stories. I want you to listen, be inspired, and believe in your own strength and beauty, because I believe we are all so strong, so beautiful, and so much more. So our very first guest is Haley Waldron. She is a strong and beautiful woman. I am so glad that I also get to call a friend. Today, she's going to tell us the story of her and her husband's experience after a life-altering ATV accident. She shares Harrison's story, how she has the faith to keep going, choose joy daily, plus she's going to give us a life update and let us know where they are now. Haley, thank you so much for coming on today. Real quick before we get started, I just want to talk to you for a second or tell everybody about when I asked you to come on to the podcast, when I was thinking about doing a podcast, I didn't even know who I wanted to have. Not really, but your name was at the top of the list. So I asked you to lunch and let's think, I asked you to lunch and just, I did want to catch up, like in general, wanted to catch up and then was going to ask you what you thought about this idea of strong and beautiful women being a podcast because you were a name I'd had at the top of my list for a long time. <laughs> and so pretty much I start describing this to you and I'm like, Hey, I've got this idea. I really want to tell women's stories and I want to let people know that it's, you know, we're, women are strong and beautiful and so much more and everything God made us to be. And I'm kind of working up the courage here to ask Haley if she'll come <laughs> on the podcast and um, she starts like shifting in her seat and looking around and go ahead. Yeah, I was just like really freaked out because as I was getting ready that morning before lunch, I was like, man, Keely, she's such a gifted writer and um, I you. remembered your stuff from like years before Yeah, the F word blog. And um, I was like, man, I've been writing. I would love to sort of like team up and do some kind of project or something. Like just kind of thought about that in passing. And I thought, man, that's so neat. Like, what? but I wasn't thinking like, she's going to talk to me about something. <laughs> right, um, right. So when you started saying that, I was like, oh, snap. I was like, I'm way ahead of you. I've already kind of thought this through. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. So I was so excited at the prospect of getting to do something with you. So I'm so pumped to be here. Yeah. So at this point, I hadn't even started like KeelyDuncan.com, which is the new website I was working on. And you're like, "Uh, so God put it on my heart this morning (laughs) that I'm going to do a project with you. And I didn't know what that meant. And so... That's how we ended up here. I'm so excited yes. you're here. As soon as you told me that, I was like, God put it on your heart? Because I was so nervous you were going to say no and not want to come no, talk. No, not all. So, Always down. <laughs> so that was super awesome. Got cold chills. And honestly, I don't even remember what I said for like the next 20 minutes. I was like, what? Now this has to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was really cool. Haley and Harrison Waldron are a spectacular couple who met while attending Harding University. After traveling to Greece to study abroad together and dating for a couple of years, to no one's surprise, because they were so obviously meant to be together, they decided to get married. So on May 31st, 2014, they were married in a gorgeous ceremony and began their lives together. And just over a year later, on August 14th, 2015, Harrison was in a life-altering accident when the ATV he was on dropped into an eight-foot ravine. Harrison was life-lighted to a nearby hospital where the doctor performed surgery to remove part of his skull so his brain could swell. Doctors were not hopeful, and for months, those surrounding Harrison would pray that he would wake up or emerge. Let's go back. Let's go back to August 14, 2015. You're hanging out. 
mm-hmm. with the bridesmaids at this wedding you're at, yep. your good friend's wedding, and you get the news. What what did that news sound like? What did they say? Well, first it was like we were in the bride's bedroom, like receiving our bridesmaids' gifts, and I was like, "Oh, essential oils!" <laughs> like really excited. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah, I know. And um, her mom like poked her head in, and she's like, "Haley, the guys need to see you out here." And I was like, "Okay," just kind of was really off put, like, "What's happening?" But I don't know. Yeah, like, you that's know, weird. I didn't have time to think it through really. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I got to the door, they were like. Harrison's been in an accident on the ATV. I don't even think I said anything. I just started running. And just took off. I just ran. Yeah. I, like, jumped off the front porch, like, gotta get there. And I feel like I ran for forever. I just ran and ran, and I couldn't breathe. And I was like, I gotta keep going. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so when I finally got to kind of a portion of their side yard, they had quite a few acres, I think. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a lot of brush and trees and stuff. And, um... I kind of rounded this little section of tall grass and I looked down and I just saw Harrison face down with some blood on his face, but not too much, you know, like it didn't look terrible, but I saw that he was unconscious and somebody yelled up at me. Um, she's actually in PA school and she, so she was kind of familiar and she said, he's breathing and he's got a strong pulse, but that's all I knew. And I just kind of was like, what do I do? What do I do? I hadn't, I just didn't know what to do. And I, I think now looking back, if that had happened to me now, I would have reacted more appropriately, but in the moment. Yeah. In the moment when you've never experienced anything traumatic like that, it's like, wow, I don't even know how to, hellacious is how I would describe it. Like horrific. I can't imagine. Like a, like a movie that you're watching, but it's like, that's my husband. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) This is real life. This is not fictional. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. So it sounds like this is not just like all a blur to you. Do you remember the details pretty specifically? Are there parts that are... You know, there are parts that I cannot remember anymore because I don't know. I guess thank God because he can help. You know, he sort of programmed our brains to not take in all this trauma, you know, all at once. Um, There have been things that I forgot for a while and kind of remembered later, but what I mostly remember is... Someone after I was like, what do I do? What do I do? I said it about 10 times, I think. And someone took me kind of over to the front of the yard where I couldn't see anyone anymore mm-hmm. and just sat me in the grass. And I said, go get Megan and Taylor, my two best friends who live in Seattle. And they were there for the wedding too. And I was like, I cannot breathe. I can't breathe. And I was like, Taylor, I can't breathe. And so she was trying to help me breathe. And anyway, looking back on that now, I realized I actually was having a panic attack. Yeah. I never had one before, and I didn't know what it was like, but mm. basically I felt like I was dying. Like right. My body was shutting down, uh-huh. and I couldn't actually get breaths in that were good, and um, it was really crazy, and I think, you know, my the bride's grandmother came over, and she was like, who, you know, something like, who's this boy to you? And I said, that's my husband, woman. <laughs> I was, like, really annoyed. I was like, it's my husband. Um, and so she prayed for us, and prayed for Harrison with us there in the circle and you know I think that was just like once I got over my freaking out I was like I just gotta pray you know Mm -hmm. um so we prayed a ton we prayed a lot and I remember um I was sitting there in the front of the yard and I saw this helicopter and I was like oh man I hope that's not for Harrison but like you know obviously it was and it landed across the street Mm -hmm in this field 
And I was just like, I don't understand. He's being lifelined. Like, it's very severe. Yeah, you know, like, I'm serious. getting it. And so, <laughs> some weird details. Like, people were trying to feed me. They're like, here, have this <laughs> toast with jam on it. And I was like, I don't want this toast. I was right. like, get away from me. Right. And, like, trying to give me water. And I had to change. And all I had was, like, a denim shirt and jeans. And I was, you know, like, just weird details that you remember like that. Yeah. Where you're just, like, in a bathroom changing. Like, what is Totally out-of-body experience. Yeah, for sure. Like but I, like, changed and everything, and then it took them a while to get Harrison out of that ravine, because it was, like, probably an eight-foot drop or so. Wow. And so they couldn't find rope to put him on the um, flat kind so of they board. they literally thing. pulling him Literally pulled out. him up out of it, yeah. Like, several men. And I remember a friend of mine saying, Haley, don't look, don't look, because a lot of his face was really swollen. Mm-hmm. They actually thought he broke the bone that kind of your eye sits in, you know? Okay. Uh, but he didn't. But it looked really damaged, you know. And I couldn't really look at him because I just... I don't know. I guess I felt very weak in that moment. I think mm-hmm. now I would be, like, more um, by his side. And that's where I feel like I should have been. But mm-hmm. I just was so freaked out. Um, anyway, they were loading him into the ambulance. Because first they had to put him on an ambulance and drive him across the street to the helicopter. I was like, why? <laughs> why are we doing it like this? <laughs> but uh, I, I finally got to talk to an EMT... And I was like, what's up? And she said, he has a very serious head injury. And I said, how bad is it? And she said, it's serious. And I was like, crap. You know, like, that's when it really sunk into me. Like, Mm -hmm. he might die, you know. So, I don't even know. Just terrifying. Mm -hmm. And anyway, I ended up having to wait around a little bit. And then somebody drove me to the hospital. It took about 45 minutes. So... I can't even tell you what I was thinking in those 45 minutes driving there. You know, I got a text from my friend who said, it's going to be okay. And I was like, okay. And then I realized all these people are getting this information. Uh-huh. And it I was spread like, quickly. Yeah. And, you know, I had spoken to my parents and my sister-in-law, but I couldn't get in touch with my Harrison's parents, my in-laws. Right. And I was like, somebody needs to call them because there's probably stuff all over Facebook already, you mm-hmm. know? So they finally got word, and so it's kind of were like, they in the states at this point? No, they were actually. Uh, his mom was in Guatemala. They right. live in Honduras as missionaries, okay. and so his mom was in Guatemala, about to speak at this women's conference, and I think his dad was back home in Honduras, and so um, trying to just relay the information and mm-hmm. collect myself and get to the hospital was kind of that part of the journey. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Once I got to the hospital, a neurosurgeon came to meet me, and he was like, you know, he's like this really big German guy, really old, um, but kind of scary, you know? (laughs) Didn't help. You're intimidating. He wasn't gentle, (laughs) no, no. And he's like, I'm going to do this surgery. I'm going to cut off a big portion of his skull to sort of alleviate the pressure because his brain's about to swell big time. Yeah. And I was like, okay. He's like, you got to sign this paperwork because you're his wife. And I was like, hold up. Like, I'm not used to this, you know? Like, <laughs> you're going to remove a part yeah, of yeah. Your, his skull. Right. Okay. And I was like, all right, I'm signing this away. Like, And I really thought he was going to die because the doctor said, I don't know if he's going to make it. I really don't. Mm-hmm. He said, this is like the last ditch effort. And I thought, he's going to die. And I'm going to walk out of here a, a widow at 22, 22 years old. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is my best friend, the love of my life. A person who I feel like God made for me. And I'm like, I can't even fathom. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was awful. I know you mentioned um, when we had lunch back in November that at some point you started praying, like, what the heck, God, am (laughs) I about to be a widow? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just was, <laughs> I'm a really, like, candid person, and right. that goes for God, too, when right, I talk to absolutely. him. And I was just like, how can you be taking away this person who makes me better? And, like, as a team, we're so much better than we are separately. I don't understand. Right. And I guess, like, I hadn't lost all hope at that point, but I felt really deflated. Like, this is not going to end well, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And anyway, he finally, he made it through the surgery. Right. And it was about midnight and we were up in Erie, Pennsylvania. So I'm in a place I don't really know. Yeah. And this nurse, I walk up to her and she's like, I'm so sorry. And she says the next 24 to 48 hours are going to be critical. So just, I want you to know that it's going to be a really hard couple days. And I actually gave her a hug, and I was like, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for, like, giving me a heads up. I don't know. She was really sweet. But um, I finally got to see Harrison, and he was just so swollen and black and blue and had, Mm -hmm. you know, all the tubes coming out everywhere, like everyone always describes in these terrible situations. And um, Didn't look like the Harrison that you No, 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 no. I've never... He's, like, never been really sick or, like, gone to the doctor or hurt himself, and I was just like, what? I do not understand. And, you know, I heard the ventilator pumping air for him and um, stuff like that. It was just really, again, another surreal moment. But I just held his hand, and they were like, be gentle with him because he'll easily get overstimulated. So, like, don't touch him very much or Mm -hmm. very, like, hard, you know, like, be gentle and stuff. And I just kind of held his hand, and I was like, I love you so much. And that's all I really remember from that, like, encounter with him. And then I just basically went back to the ICU waiting room and tried to sleep and woke up about a million times and would go check on him. And um, all this time, my parents were driving through the night from Nashville. Mm So, you know, I kind of got to talk with them and mom would be like, they say some people can be in a coma for up to a year and still wake up and (laughs) live a normal life. And I was like, okay, you know, kind of just trying to grasp at anything to give us hope but I knew at least he had made it through the surgery you know so that was something right yeah Yeah. and I know like around this time um people are starting to post on Facebook and all of this there's pray for the Waldrons and all of this stuff and um throughout the next you know few weeks you really um I feel like you got on there and I remember I texted you that night and I was shocked, but you texted me back and you're like, yes, like, thank you. Keep praying, like keep praying, you know, and just your attitude about the whole thing. I know people were coming up to you, doctors, nurses, people just that, you know, and we're kind of giving you like, Hey, um, the statistics aren't great. Yeah. Right. And like, that's not super encouraging, but you like were really resilient and kept posting things and I just remember at this point, I was like, this girl has the faith (laughs) that the Bible talks about, the (laughs) faith that moves mountains. It was so encouraging to everyone. And I think that's why it was so easy for everybody to get behind you guys, Mm -hmm. because it was like, you really believed that God could do anything and God could heal him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just remember like, I don't know, just being like, okay, yes. Like Haley Mm -hmm. believes this is going to happen. So this is going to happen and God can do it. And you were like, I know who my God is, how powerful he is, 
Um, mm-hmm. So talk to me about that, like, faith that kind of came in those next few weeks. Um, is that something that kind of came naturally, or are you still having to dig and wonder, like, <laughs> why is this happening? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, from an early age, which this kind of is crazy the way that it's all just exploded and hit each other at the right moment. Um, But I felt like one of my spiritual gifts was was faithfulness. And so, um, and other people have said that to me too. I don't think I just kind of was like, this is is one of my gifts, you know? Like, (laughs) that's something I kind of learned throughout my life, but at an earlier age. And so, I don't know, when this happened, I was just like, uh, I don't, I didn't have any trouble being like, okay, I'm faithful. I'm faithful. You're going to do what you're going to do. Because I feel like I know you, God, and I know how great Harrison's and my relationship is and what a great team we are. So I feel like, you know, there's just more than this. Like, he's not going to die. You know, there's more. And I thought, I mean, even if he does, that's God's decision, you know. Um, So I felt really comforted in knowing that God had it handled and I didn't have to worry, you know. Yeah. That's, like, really easier said than done, but I think that's where all those, you know, pray for Harrison, God's got this, that's where that attitude kind of came from. Yeah, having a strong foundation. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I feel like God also just instilled instilled some of this in me, too, so, um, but, you know, I should have known, because I was like, if God made me faithful, then he's going to give me opportunities to show mm-hmm. my faith, you know? Right. And those are not usually, like, cushy little Absolutely. <laughs> happy times, you yeah. know? So I was like, duh, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> I know. In hindsight, sometimes we're like, oh. <laughs> this makes sense now. This yeah. does make sense. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And I agree. Like, you usually know what your gifts are. Not because you're like, I have this yeah. <laughs> gift. But it's what it's the things that people are telling you, yeah. like, hey, you're really good at this. Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so through that time, I know that there's a lot, a lot more that happened. Um, but while you guys are up in Pennsylvania, um, let's talk about all the local churches from Pennsylvania to Atlanta to Jackson, all the areas and places you guys have been. Um, I think sometimes people want to write off, um, church community or like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm spiritual, but I don't go to church Mm -hmm. or I, I just saw such value in churches watching your story play out. Um, Talk about that sense of community and what role those played. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I grew up in a church that did a lot for other people. So I was really used to being on that side of it. Like, we're going to serve these people and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had never been in a place where I needed so much help. Right. And I don't know, it was so overwhelming and still is the number of people who are just like donating to us or like praying for us or sending us things you know it's really amazing um to kind of receive all that love and support and you're like especially for churches who didn't know us like the one in jackson campbell street um even north atlanta church of christ um in atlanta yeah in atlanta obviously like they didn't really know us that well and they were just like pouring themselves into us every single day and I was like, man, this is really special. Like, you don't yeah. just have this anywhere. And um, it really gave me a whole new appreci- appreciation for the church and how important it is in my relationship with God. Because I felt like God was using his people to reach me, you know, 
through encouragement or through just like providing necessary things that we need, like food and mm-hmm. whatever, shelter. Um, God used his people that whole time. And I just feel so thankful that I'm part of a community like this that's not only, you know, in the Nashville area, but all around the world. And um, I really love the church so much and have a whole new um, appreciation for them for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Let's get back to Mr. Harrison and kind of when um, everything's happening, he makes it through the surgery. Um, to kind of take us from there up to when you think um, he might be in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were like, the way you check if somebody's like cognitively aware is you're like, do a thumbs up, you know? Like, <laughs> Physical you, things. Yeah. If you yeah. can't move, though, like, you don't know. So for a long time, we thought, okay, he's comatose, which means like you have no awareness of your surroundings and you mm-hmm. can't move. Um, and then there's something called vegetative state, which is like you have some awareness of your surroundings, but you still can't move. So there's like all these different stages. And so we knew he was kind of like somewhere between comatose and vegetative right from the get-go. But he started like squeezing our hands and stuff mm-hmm. and um, kind of doing some things that I thought, hmm, like does he hear me? And that was kind of early on. And then I think we decided that because of all the uh, neuronal death he was experiencing. Like, once your neurons die, they give off this toxic sort of waste that will kill other neurons. And so I think a lot of that was happening. It's called secondary injury or whatever. And so I think so much of that was happening that he had lost his ability to squeeze our hands anymore. So that was very brief at the kind of beginning of that time. And then um, basically once we got to the Shepherd Center... We finally made it there in October of 2015. And they were able to start working with his body to kind of help connect some of those things that were missing, you know, from brain to body to be able to, like, reach or squeeze or whatever. But there were a few times um, during that couple-month period where he would reach up and touch me. And I was like, do you know I'm here? You know, like, you're reaching up and touching me on the face. Or, like, touching my hair. And there was one time when I was so convinced. I was crying at his bedside, which I really never did. But I was really overwhelmed about something. And I was like, I just need your help. And I need you to be back here. You know, I need you so much. And I was crying and crying. And his mom came in and to the hospital room. And she said, are, are his eyes watering? Like, there's wow. a tear coming down his cheek. Oh. And I was like, oh, my gosh. What if he... Like, what if he can really hear me? And what if his emotions are intact enough that he's crying with me, you know? Mm. Um, And, of course, I found out later that was true, that he was crying with me. Um, Yeah. But, basically, we got to Shepherd, and they started helping his body kind of come along. And he started reaching towards these cardboard cutouts with, like, pictures of a lion and a toothbrush on them. And the speech therapist would say... Like, which of these has fur and which of these has bristles? And he would choose the right things. And then um, we had that same board with a yes and a no on it. And she would be like, is your name Matthew? And he would touch no. Is your name Harrison? Yes. So, like, we kind of had a little inkling, like, okay, he knows his name's Harrison. He knows the difference between a lion and a toothbrush. Like, there's something. And that's there was this one day, it was November 
2015. I'll never forget it. My preacher and his wife actually came down and took us to lunch that day, and they were the only ones with me, so they had a really special experience, but um, the speech therapist wrote, like, arm, leg, head, and, I don't know, some, something else, four different words on a that whiteboard, and she was like, can you point to the one that says leg, and he pointed to it, and can you point to the one that says head, and he pointed to it. So we were like, okay, he can read, he mm-hmm. knows what these are, but you know, it kind of came off in layers like that, like, this is what we know now, and this is what we know now, mm-hmm. but it was a slow fade yeah. until um, the best day ever, one of the best days of my life, which was the next day, November 20th, when they brought in an iPad and like wrapped this little stylus around him, and there's this program called Touch Chat, and it's basically like a big keyboard, but it has like big hunks like big sections of like this is A to F and this is blah 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 so you ha- you have more space to touch things mm-hmm. um, there's less margin of error or whatever and he typed his name H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N and I was like no way like he can write right. like he knows what he's doing <laughs> yeah. um, is that when I, it really clicked for you? well no it's like it's weird when you experience these things with him you're like you don't believe it mm-hmm. right away like you kind of have I kind of understand the disciples now being like, what, Jesus? Yeah, what? <laughs> What'd you just do? Because, like, you, when it's not something you're used to, you can't really believe it. You don't understand it. So um, the next thing he did, this lady who was working with him was like, is there something you want to say? And he started typing, I love you. And I was just, like, in a puddle on yeah. the ground. You're like, about to make me cry. So happy. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like... Because before, I was like, I don't know if he remembers me. I don't know if he still loves right. me. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. And he said, I love you. And I was crying my eyes out. And then the next thing he typed was, I've been wanting to say that. Which <sighs> made me think, how long have you how been wanting long? to say that? Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of, we were like, wow, you've really been in there longer than we thought. You know, mm-hmm. you've been aware of us longer than we thought. After three months of waiting, Harrison began to show signs that he was miraculously, cognitively, all there. He was able to type on an iPad what he was thinking and was amazingly able to communicate that he had, in fact, heard everything during his comatose state. Yeah. And I know there is a point, um, and you're wondering, you know, okay, how long have you, how long have you been awake or how long have you been in there? And, um, I think you wrote about this, but you were asking him questions specifically back, um, back to the beginning, back when y'all were in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And, um, tell me some of those things that he remembers. Yeah. So some of the things I sort of uncovered sooner than later, like he said, I've been able to hear you since back in Pennsylvania, which if you remember, we started in New York, uh, New York, New York state. So he wouldn't have known he was in Pennsylvania until after he woke up. You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, wow. Pretty crazy. So I kind of knew that, but I didn't know exactly when. So months later, it's April of 2016. I'm doing a blog. I'm like, Harrison, I really want you to like co-write this with me. What are some of the first things that you heard? I had never gotten asked him until then. Because it's hard when you are trying to type things. Mm-hmm. It's like you sometimes are doing... It takes like, a lot longer yeah, than just it's asking. Like, how do you feel? What do you need? You know, yeah. those are the more practical things you need to take up that time with. So, finally, I said, what did you hear? And he said, it was the morning after the accident. 
and he said he heard a doctor telling me that I prob that he probably wouldn't survive, and I was crying. Gosh. Yeah, and I knew that about yourself. I know, like, and he said I couldn't figure out why they they didn't see that I was in there. You know, he said I I'm like I don't get it. I'm here. I'm I'm okay. And he said he was just like screaming that to me, but he couldn't get it out. Like I'm here. I'm okay. His body couldn't relate. Yeah. He he couldn't squeeze people's hands. He couldn't do a thumbs up, but he was in there the whole time. He couldn't even open his eyes. Right. Um, so that was just like really heartbreaking. And he said, you know, for three months I was not able to communicate with anyone, but God, he said, God heard me. God heard me when nobody else could. And I was like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> crying, thinking, man, thank you, God, for hearing him, you know, yeah. and talking to him. And we had all been asking God, like, wake up, wake yeah. up, Harrison. And, and God's God like, like, I woke I did up. It. <laughs> He's like, I woke him up a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, so basically, Harrison, like, bumped his head, had surgery, and woke up the next morning. But his body went jump. Right. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> so crazy. And yeah, what a fighter. I can't believe, you know, I can't imagine what it would be like to be inside mm-hmm. just with no no way of telling anybody that you were there um, and having to hear a doctor tell your wife yeah, like that you probably weren't going to make it. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Terrifying, yeah. Yeah, and, but yeah, terrifying for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, are you just like jumping for joy when you're like, I've got Harrison back at this? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you think about the movies when people wake up from comas or whatever, and they're like, Hey, I'm back. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's so not unrealistic. How it works. That's not how it works. So, so, but I was anticipating more body movement. You know, mm-hmm. with him emerging, which is like the technical term for when you are all the way Wait, aware yeah. and awake. Mm-hmm. But. Like, obviously, now that I knew he'd been aware for all that time, it's like his body just wasn't working for him. And so we kind of came to find out he had this weird sort of locked-in syndrome, which is when your brain's fully aware, but your body, like, can't relay. Um, so it's kind of like a special type of injury that, <laughs> that kind of gives you this syndrome. It's really terrible. And some people, yeah. all they can do is, like, blink their eyes forever, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really crazy. So... Does that make you so grateful? That, it really yeah. does because I know it's been a really slow process of Harrison healing, mm-hmm. but I can see progress and he's getting stronger all the time. Yeah. And like you said, when I finally figured out he was there, I was just so happy and thankful for what I did have, you know, in Harrison. I was like, I have my teammate back. Like, I can discuss things with him now and we can make decisions together, you mm-hmm. know. Um, we're going to do life together. You know, I knew he's not going to die on me now, you know? Yeah. So I was so happy. Yeah. Um, have there been any other like big moments throughout his journey? Cause this is what, two and a half years ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, have there been any other moments that you have really felt like we are moving forward? Um, God is with me. Like this is huge. Have there been any other moments like that along the way? Um, I think definitely when he got his trach out cause, oh my gosh. (laughs) Big deal. Explain. Yeah. Explain what what it does. Um, so basically there's, there are these rings of cartilage that we breathe through, um, called your trachea. And so, when you can't breathe very well on your own, yeah. you get a little hole in your trachea, and they mm-hmm. put in this little um, artificial airway that's basically just like a cannula, like a an open 
yeah. long tube that goes into your trachea so you can breathe out your neck, basically. Okay. Because they were worried about his tongue being in the way and all this stuff, you know, up in his mm-hmm. mouth. So they were like, we need him to breathe through your... Um, it's very common. A lot of people with brain injury have them. But they are the most... Oh, it came. Like, did it come out a few times? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what I remember. They're the biggest pain ever. Uh, very grateful because it helped him breathe for so long. But at one point we were like, he really should have never had this. He was off the ventilator within a week. You know, mm-hmm. if he had just gone straight back to regular breathing, he would have probably been fine. You know, mm-hmm. but that's just the way it went. And so it was such a struggle. Like when there's something artificial in your body it wants to get it out so like it's you know accumulating all this mucus and just basically it's just it was always gross like lots of stuff Mm -hmm. coming out um very medical like he looked so fine but then you saw his trait and you're like oh he looks like a sick (laughs) medical case yeah yeah okay um so when we finally got to get that out i was like yes this is amazing Oh, and I forgot about this. It left a huge crater of scar tissue mm. right in his, uh, kind of where his clavicles meet. And it was, he really hated it. He said, I don't want to live the rest of my life with a dent in my neck. And so we actually got to have it repaired. So it's just a nice little line now yeah, of scar tissue. That's so nice. But that was such a huge thing for him. Yeah, he worked what a so victory. Hard. Yeah, he worked so hard on it to finally, because once you've been breathing out of your neck for like a year... It's mm-hmm. really difficult to sort of reroute everything, especially when your mouth doesn't work the way you want it to, mm-hmm. and you have all this musculature that doesn't do what you say. So it was such a huge thing. Um, and kind of around that same time, we, we got to go to the beach, you know. Yeah. We got to sort of just be a little bit more normal than yeah. we had been. And that that was a time, it was really momentous, and we were like, we can do anything. You know, if we yeah. want to get it done, we'll do it. So, that was a huge, um, I guess, boost in morale. <laughs> yeah. After like a year of just struggling and trying to survive, so Absolutely. that was a great, a great time. Absolutely. So I hear you talking about all this, and you sound like so hopeful. And I want to know, like, when you're like looking for hope, where does that come from? Ooh, good question. Um, I don't get down too often, but when I do, it's low. It's like Lord please let us die tonight in our sleep. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> um, I just get really overwhelmed with my life. Like, it would all just be life. easier. Yeah, like, yeah. For sure. It's like, we go to heaven, everybody would be chill. You're like, whatever. Um, but where I find encouragement is, man, especially Romans 8, which, like, when I go speak places, I always mm-hmm. incorporate Romans 8. Because it's like, um, you know just wait till the glory that's going to be revealed in you from this trial. You know, basically like this, you're suffering right now doesn't compare with the glory. And it's like, Mm -hmm. ah, thanks God. I needed that. Um, and just thinking about how we're more than conquerors through Christ and how, um, God loves us and nothing can separate us from his love. You know, all these truths that you're like, Oh, Romans eight. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. But it's like, when you really, are listening for that and you need it you're like man that brings me so much encouragement and also no matter what I'm like Lord I need encouragement please help me please help me and he will always send someone to me isn't that crazy yeah but like when you go looking for it and when you ask for it like Mm -hmm. it shows up oh yeah a hundred percent even though he's not answering yes I'm gonna miraculously heal Harrison he will give me 
anything I need to get mm-hmm. through it. And that's what I've learned about this is like, <laughs> before I even pray about things, he's already way ahead of me. Like, I got you. <laughs> um, I got this money for this. I got this person coming to encourage you. It's so amazing. And I'm, it's kind of like his faithfulness to me, um, makes me more faithful to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's this really good relationship. Yeah. yeah. You guys are synced up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so some of the statistics you've shared before are that 90% of people in an accident like this, like in a traumatic brain injury, either mm-hmm. die on the spot or shortly after. And then of the 10% who live, only 4% wake up mm-hmm. and they have terrible <laughs> cognitive deficits. It's like not good statistics. Yeah. So why, like, why do you think you guys are in such a small percentage? Like, why did Harrison beat the odds? Yeah. How, how is he still there and <laughs> why? Yeah. Okay, first of all, I didn't know those statistics till later, and it's like, thank you, Lord, because... <laughs> you would have been... <laughs> I would have been, like, in a hole forever. Yeah. Like, peace, y'all. Um, I didn't know that. But I remember people being like, well, somebody's going to be in the 10%. And I was like, huh? <laughs> and those, that means the 10% of people who live. So the kind of injury Harrison got is called diffuse axonal injury. And so basically neurons are in our central nervous system and our brain and all sp- our spinal cord. And axons are what extend off of those neurons to communicate with the rest of our body. So a ton of his axons, uh, mostly from his brain, obviously, kind of got just pulled apart, like yeah. severed. And so the communication couldn't take place the way it's supposed to. And so that's the kind of injury that kills so many people, 90%. And it usually kills people pretty quickly. Um, so then you got the 10 people or 10% who actually just live at all, and then 4% that wake up. So I was like, man, that really is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I felt like God really did a miracle in keeping Harrison's cognition intact, you yeah. know? And I also think... Part of that working um, years before is that Harrison's bilingual, yeah. and bilingual brains are more resilient just on their own because they've had to make more connections yeah. and yeah. stuff. And so I think that was a huge help to him. Um, and also, like the place where he got most injured was like his um, brainstem, which is at the base of your brain, and so his cerebrum, which is the big you know portion right. that you think about. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of that stuff's taking place, you know, like that good cognition. It's just like hard to relay it Down. to the yeah. So it's all up there. Yeah. And he probably knows how to do so many things. Like he knows what should move and whatever, but it's hard to relay it to his yeah, body. To so that. that's what's nice about the person that you are is just all up in one place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't need to go a lot of places in your body to sort mm-hmm. of manifest. But like some things do. Like I miss his laugh and his smile and yeah him speaking to me you know there are things that we've lost that hurt so deeply that are part of who he is and so sometimes I just have to remember like he's really there like he's all in there Mm -hmm. you just have to go in there and get it out of him you know yeah absolutely and obviously I mean God is using this like for his greater good and in this story and this purpose so he's like like you're not, you're not gone. Like I'm keeping you around and you know, and you're going to see why. And I think it's going to be cool to watch and wait and Mm -hmm. see how God continues to use you guys. Cause I I mean, he already has (laughs) tremendously. Um, anybody that knows your family, um, your parents knows and you, your sister, your whole family and Harrison, how joyful you guys are. 
And also, like, sidebar, can we talk about how incredible it is that your mom is a high school anatomy teacher. She knows so much about the body. Yeah. And your dad's a nurse. Yeah. So, and you guys currently, I guess we haven't mentioned this, but you guys currently live with them. Yes. And that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Just talking about how everything falls into place. Yes. That's really awesome. Because I know they're team. a huge help. Yeah. Yeah. A 100% <laughs> dream team. Totally. So, but I just want to know, like, um, this might tie into how you're talking about you being hopeful, but how do you find and just choose joy daily when you look around and there could be lots of things to get or get down about? How do you choose joy? Yeah. Um, you know, I had to face this question really early on because all I wanted to do was just like crawl in a hole. I was like, I hate everyone, which I didn't really hate everyone, but you know, like that was Mm -hmm. my attitude. Like, Ugh, right. this is awful, and I just want to explode and never come back, you know. I was just so mad and so hurt. Um, but I made the decision. I was like, you know what? I have two options. I could either just lay here and be mad and cause a lot of chaos and destruction in my world, or I can choose a good attitude and choose to be joyful about the things I do know for sure, like that God loves us. And that he's going to take care of us. And I can just go out and try to make the best of it, you know? Um, so that's kind of been my my focus since that time. It's just like, get up and do your best, you know? Yeah. Get out of bed. It's good advice for best. anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But yeah. um, when, when it's easy for you to get down, like, that's where I always go. I'm just like, I have to choose joy because I know, I know what the end of the story is. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to look like 10 years from now or 20 years from now. Lord, please let Harrison talk. <laughs> like yeah. I'm like, just waiting. Yeah. Um, but I know what it's going to be like when, at the end of it, when we die and go to heaven and he's fully restored. And, you know, and that, I forget that that's like why we're even on the earth at all. You know, like God created us to be in relationship with us. Mm-hmm. And part of that for mine and Harrison's life is, what's happening right now it's like this is just part of the story um but ultimately like everything's gonna be okay you know yeah. everything's gonna be the way it's supposed to yeah kind of piggybacking off of that I know I asked you um like a couple of months ago like you know um is there one thing you feel like God's told you is he gonna walk again is he gonna talk again that you just felt so sure about and you kind of said that. You were like, I don't know for sure, but mm-hmm. what I do know, and you can kind of continue, but kind of what you were just saying is that he'll be made whole again mm-hmm. and that you're totally at peace with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really want him to be able to walk and talk and Absolutely. run around yeah. on earth, and I'm still praying for that. But if that doesn't happen, I just kind of have to believe, like, I don't know everything and God knows everything and I just got to trust in what he sees fit, you know? Absolutely. And, um, I really want him to talk though. (laughs) I'm like, please Lord, (laughs) this is all I really need. Like I just want him to talk so we can just have a easier relationship and like, Mm -hmm. I want him to share his stuff. You know, there's so much going on in his head that I don't know about. Um, like I said, it's hard to be able to get all that out. Yeah. Um, Imagine when he can talk and tell I'm like, baby, you have a huge story. And you need to tell it, not me. Um, I'm trying to tell a more general story, but Harrison's got the good stuff, you know? So in my heart, I do believe that God will 
help him speak while he's still alive. But if he doesn't, <laughs> whatever, you know? Yeah, that's will be God's made full deal. again. Yeah. yeah. In heaven, we're going to be jamming, I'm going to be eating, feasting, and be like, Harrison, <laughs> you're my best friend. Let's you're here, do, yeah. you're whole. Yeah, let's hang out forever, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and really, when you can have that mindset, you can realize that this time on earth is so short and yeah. so limited. It's a vapor. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm getting asked all the time because people know that we're friendly. I'm friends with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we should have mentioned that, but we've known each other for a long <laughs> for like time. ever, <laughs> for forever. Whole grew lives. up, went to school together, <laughs> went to church together. Um, you grew up being one of my little sister's best friends. Mm-hmm. Used to drive you home from volleyball practice yep. all the time. Lots of time together. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, everybody's like that doesn't know you directly. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends from school will say, okay, tell me what's up with Haley and Harrison. What are they up to? What are they doing? Has he made any improvement? So tell me what life is like with him today. What are the ins and outs? I know every day is like a new adventure and you <laughs> never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So shed some light on that yeah. for us. Well, for the most part right now, like my mom, um, she quit her, mostly she quit her job to help me do therapy with Harrison at home. And she's picked up, like, a little job with Lipscomb teaching, like, one class. Yeah, <laughs> but she's you know, a great teacher. Oh, best she's teacher the best teacher. Best teacher I've ever had. Like, I could be biased, but I don't want to, like, no, make her inflate not. her ego. I really think she's amazing. <laughs> she's a great teacher. <laughs> um, but anyway, she has quit and been able to help me. And so we do all the therapy at home ourselves because we figured out that Harrison responds to us better because he knows us mm-hmm. and... We so can smart, yeah. we can work around when he's too tired or whatever. You know what I mean? So we do that. And kind of some things that we do are like we sit him up where he has to hold himself up. He's doing great with that right now. Yeah. The head control, the trunk control, I'm very impressed. I'm like, what? Um, he was sitting in my living room chair all by himself the other day. And I was like, yes. Awesome. This is amazing. Um, he also has a bike that he... It kind of like his wheelchair hooks up to it, and so he'll bike for like four miles cool. with his legs. Yeah, uh, it stimulates his muscles to kind of know when to go. So that's really awesome. Um, and he also can do bike with his arms too, and he has a stander, and so like that's the kind of therapy and that stuff helps that we're him doing. stand up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you kind of put him in it. It's like in a seated or a seated position, and then you take it up, and he's standing. So it's really mm-hmm. neat. We have a lot of good resources. Um, so that's what we do all day, and um, more recently, since mom's kind of been having some school stuff, it's a little bit more sporadic, but that's what our goal is every day. Um, and then you might have a day like yesterday, when <laughs> we had to go to the hospital. <laughs> um, we actually don't go to the doctor very much, because like, you think, oh, he's sick. He's not sick. He's injured. Yeah. He's very healthy. Like, mm-hmm. he he's, hasn't really gotten sick since he got hurt. So he doesn't have, like, does he have regular appointments he goes to? Not really. He gets Botox every three months. Right. Which you're like, ooh, (laughs) cosmetic. No, no, no. This is for, there's something called tone, basically, or spasticity. For his muscles. Yeah, in his muscles. They're just too, like, tight Tight. all the time. (laughs) So that just helps relax them, and then we can do a lot more with therapy and stuff. So that's been amazing. Um, We go there every three months, but other than that, he's pretty chill. Um, but yesterday, his we feed him through his stomach in a peg tube, and it fell out, which happens occasionally. So we got him a new one, you know, stuff like that. You always have to be ready for, uh-huh. like, crazy stuff. And also, he has post-traumatic epilepsy. Okay. Um, so he has seizures, 
but we kind of got those under control and he probably has like four a year and his epilepsy doctor's like it's chill (laughs) he's like they're gonna happen don't worry um but like that's something hard that we've had to deal with too Mm -hmm. so there's a little bit of unexpectedness to each day but um mostly we stick to our schedule and our routine with therapy and stuff like that yeah Mm -hmm. well all that so i feel like i know what the answer is going to be to the second one but i get asked a lot and i'm sure you do too what's something um we can be praying over um you and your family or something specific for harrison and that we know we really want him to talk yes (laughs) that one is huge that would be huge i always say that one to people i'm like just pray he's gonna talk soon um (laughs) or anytime i don't whatever um Something that's really difficult, especially when so many people are around us to help us, is, like, making decisions, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, we're contemplating moving right now, and, like, I'm about to start nursing school in May, which I haven't told many people, so... Exclusive! (laughs) Exclusive here on the Strong and Beautiful Women podcast! May 7th, yeah. Uh, Which, also, like, you already know everything right now. (laughs) Like, you're going to be the best nurse. It's super helpful. I'm like, I've had a lot of patient care hours... (laughs) One patient, yeah, with my husband, but whatever. But I'm really excited about that, and that's kind of a new thing. I was supposed to do counseling, start my master's in counseling mm-hmm. right before Harrison got hurt, and um, obviously that didn't happen. Yeah, and I felt like nursing was going to be better for our life now. So I'm going to nursing school. Woo! I'm really excited. But um, you know, every decision that you make is going to have consequences for Harrison and for my yeah. family, mm-hmm. and so. It's really difficult to try to weigh, like, what's the benefit to this? What's going to be the hardship with this? You know, so prayers for good decision-making is such a huge thing. And just, like, prayers for resilience and to just keep keep working, you know? Yeah. Um, keep moving forward. Because some days it's just, like, there's no motivation and it's just really tough. But, um, you know, most of the time... I think God has really blessed us with a lot of um, just ability to move forward and yeah. roll with the punches. Like I think that's something my family doesn't realize about themselves, but we're just like, oh, this bad thing happened. We'll just we'll keep going. Yeah, yeah. like they're yeah, kind of it's a great really quality. good at that. <laughs> great quality that mm-hmm. they have. Okay, and last two questions are things that I want to ask every person that comes on the podcast. Um, what is strong? What is beautiful? It can be serious. It can be silly. It is up to you. So tell me first, what is something that's strong to you or represents strength? Strength. Um, sometimes I obviously think about physical strength, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Just having to move Harrison around a lot, I feel I feel strong in that way. You are strong. Um, <laughs> but also just when I think of strength, I think of resilience, which I've said a few times um, today. But I just think of being able to pick yourself up and keep moving mm-hmm. is such a strong sort of personality, you know, like mm-hmm. keep going, keep going. And I think about all these people in my life that do that. And I'm like, y'all are strong, you know, oh, like yeah. you got it. Um, so I think that's a really important component of strength to me. Um, and then what is beautiful? Here's what I think about that. When I when I recognize beauty, it's usually in the context of like love. Mm-hmm. So when I see people loving each other um, in a really unique way, sometimes like it just looks really beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I think there's beauty in a lot of things, but all the things I see beauty in, I see love in. So they kind of equate yeah. to me a little bit. That's a great answer. Mm-hmm. 
Well, thank you so much for being on today. Um, thank I you really for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing your story that God has given you, and you've handled it with such care and such grace. And um, where can people find you if they want to keep following your story um, or see what you and Harrison are up to? Where can we read more about you? Yeah. Well, I Instagram a lot. And I'm kind of like, I don't care if I look cute in this. Like, it's just to relay information, you know. No, it's great. Um, whatever. But my Instagram is Haley underscore Waldron. Um, and then Facebook is Haley Smith Waldron. If you want to, I don't know if people still do Facebook, but I do. Um, <laughs> um, also, I have a blog that I haven't updated super recently. But there's good stuff that kind of um, is a little bit more of a broad look at this journey um and it's at hayleywaldron.wordpress.com and i'll be updating it soon got a big life update coming um anyway those are probably the best places to reach me and if you go through my blog you can email me there too so that's cool yeah, because you do speaking engagements as oh, well. Yes, so, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and Haley's been doing some speaking at um, women's conferences and all over the place. And yeah. so um, would that email on your blog be the best place to yeah. reach you? Yeah. All right. And also, I'd love to say that I never wanted to be a speaker, but I felt like God wanted me to do it, and so I'm yeah. doing it. And I think it's cool the way that God can create these new opportunities when you're just trying to live and I think it's been it's been really a blessing to me so I love doing it wow thank you so much again appreciate you coming yeah thank you for having me wow that's it you guys thank you so much for listening to the first ever strong and beautiful women podcast episode uh isn't Haley so amazing I am so grateful for her willingness to share And, you know, let's absolutely all be praying that Harrison has the ability to speak someday soon. I cannot wait to hear his side of the story, and I just think it'd be amazing. Um, If you enjoyed this, make sure you rate this podcast and review it and subscribe. Um, All of the things so you can catch our next episode. I want you to remember you are strong, beautiful, and so much more. Have a great week.